is the Electile Dysfunction Podcast with Ashton Cohen. Way more interesting than anything you're listening to on NPR. Probably less exciting than what you're watching on OnlyFans. Bruh. We're going to talk about the issues that really matter. Our country, our economy, the Fed, QE, GDP, BTC, NFTs, AOC, the CCP, Cardi B, Ow. Yeezy, Yellow Socks, Iran, Joe Biden's dementia, Come on, man. and probably sex robots. We stand for a free and open debate and exchange of ideas. And if you disagree with anything we talk about, you are a racist and no better than Hitler. What? Let's get started. The latest conflict between Israel and the terrorist group Hamas seems to have cooled down for now, which is good news. It's also great news that thanks to the Abraham Accords, we saw much more nuanced and tempered reaction with regards to Israel from nations like UAE, Bahrain, and Morocco. One of the most troubling aspects of this most recent conflict is the manifestation and normalization of anti-Semitism that we witness in the United States that is without precedent. You see, for the last couple decades, bigots, particularly on the activist woke left, would cloak their Jew hatred behind a smokescreen of being anti-Zionist to get away with making some of the most horrid accusations against Jews and the sole Jewish nation in the world. They would say, oh no, I'm not, I'm just anti-Israel. I'm not anti-Semitic. I don't hate the Jews, bro. I just hate, you know, their culture, heritage, values, belief system, and ancestral homeland. But I love Woody Allen movies. (laughs) By the way, go try that with your spouse or your significant other and let me know how that works out for you. I don't hate you. I just hate your ancestry, your family, your heritage, your belief system, values, ethics, and faith. Otherwise, baby, I think you're great. Count me seconds go by before a hard object makes contact with your face. See, over the years, it's become clear to most reasonably minded people who are from the left and the right that the feverish anti-Zionism that manifested mostly from college campuses, was not being brought forth by good faith critics making an informed and impartial geopolitical assessment on the state of the human condition. These anti-Zionist activists who center their entire political ideology around this obsession to extinguish the only Jewish nation in the world that's, by the way, one of the freest nations on the planet by any objective measure, has you know, the highest percentage of scientists, doctors, engineers in the world. These people aren't critics. They're Jew haters. I'm sorry, but they are. And this shouldn't be a surprise to people. Anti-Semitism is the world's oldest hatred. The ubiquity of anti-Semitism is unfortunately a certainty in life, like death or taxes or the Clippers not winning an NBA championship. And remember, a critic offers criticism so that you can improve. That's the point. A critic doesn't want you wiped off the face of the earth. That's not a critic. That's an enemy. So does this mean you're never allowed to criticize Israel? No, of course not. You'll never see me argue that. No country on earth is infallible or is beyond criticism. And by the way, you'll never really see a Jewish supporter of Israel argue that either. I mean, 
any person who's ever seen an episode of Seinfeld or Curb Enthusiasm or who has a Jewish mother knows that bickering and complaining is an integral part of the religion and the culture. But when you hear people chant things like, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's a genocidal slogan. That's a chant the terrorist group Hamas uses, which relates back to their charter for, quote, Islam to obliterate Israel so that the banner of Allah will control every inch of Palestine. When you hear so-called anti-Zionists delegitimize and demonize Israel, when you see them employ double standards as they obsess about a eviction proceeding affecting six families who never even had legal title to the properties at issue, while those same people also never mention, say, China's genocide of the Uyghurs or actual human rights violations by countries like Turkey, Iran, Brunei, Qatar, Lebanon, Eritrea, Sudan, the Palestinian governments. You know you're not dealing with Mother Teresa's over here, trying to heal the children of the world. You're dealing with anti-Semites. So no one should be surprised that in the last few weeks, there was a significant and unprecedented upsurge in anti-Semitic hate crimes and assaults. And no, they weren't against pro-Israel Zionist activists. Even if they were, by the way, they'd be reprehensible. Rather, the surge of anti-Jewish assaults were committed by pro-Palestinian activists on ordinary Jews, whatever Jews they could find, really. For instance, in LA, a caravan of men waving Palestinian flags drove through a largely Jewish part of town, shouting slogans like, Israel kills children, through a megaphone. And then they jolted out of their cars to attack Jewish diners, eating dinner at their table. In Manhattan, another caravan of men with Palestinian flags drove through the Diamond District, through an incendiary device, which burned one man, and attacked others whom they believed to be Jewish. Also in New York City, a gang of men chanting anti-Israel slogans harassed and spat at people eating outside who they identified as being Jewish. In Times Square, they beat a Jewish man with a crutch, sprayed him with mace, and called him a dirty Jew, and then yelled out, Hamas is going to kill all of you. Sounds like a lovely guy. In Florida, Palestinian protesters yelled, Fuck you, Jew. Die, Jew. Just this week, again in New York City, NPR, to its credit, by the way, ran a story of an individual named Alex Zeldin, who was walking through a Trader Joe's, and he noticed two teenagers who were following him in the store, and he overheard them say to him that they wanted to hit him in his head and take off his yarmulke. And then they proceeded to call him a Jewish baby killer. This, of course, is the old medieval blood libel that the uh, Jews are coming to kill your babies. The Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, recently stated that is recorded a 75% increase in anti-Semitic incidents in just the last few weeks amid this latest conflict. But here's the thing. Anti-Jewish attacks in the U.S. didn't come out of nowhere. The progressive left and the U.S. media love to talk about incitement during the Trump administration. Remember that? It's incitement! 
They're going to launch a coup in the government. But when people like the so-called squad members, or as I like to lovingly call them, the Hamas homegirls, Ilan Omar, AOC, and Rashida Tlaib, when they falsely accuse Israel of being an apartheid state and of using U.S. military aid to target civilians and children deliberately, you know, again, a new spin on that old medieval blood libel, no one in the leftist mainstream media seems to care or say anything or really the Democratic Party. No one calls them out. The Hamas homegirls parrot the terror group's talking points as often as Juggalos quote lyrics to their favorite insane clown posse record. Or for you Generation Z types who don't get that reference, it's as often as Takashi 69 simulates shooting somebody in one of his music videos. It's a lot. And no condemnation from CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, MSNBC, who are so quick to pressure people into believing that Trump was Goebbels 2.0. Remember that? And it's not just the Hamas homegirls. We saw a man by the name of Amer Zar, apparently a comedian, but also a national surrogate for Bernie Sanders when he was running for president, implored progressives in the video and tweeted it. To stop condemning anti-Semitism. He said, you are not helping. You're playing their games. It's a distraction. He said, instead, you should say free Palestine, nothing else. Don't condemn anti-Semitism. Meanwhile, at Rutgers University, the school administration apologized to the university's Palestinian community members after the chancellor previously sent an email condemning anti-Semitism. They apologized for condemning anti-Semitism. We also recently saw a uh, newly surfaced video of Patrice Cullors. She is the main founder of Black Lives Matter. Say, we need to end Israel. Direct quote. Again, this isn't good faith criticism. This is anti-Semitism. Imagine saying we need to end Africa. Disgusting. It's also recently came out that Google's head of diversity, Kamua Bob, stated, quote, if I were Jewish... I would be concerned about my insatiable appetite for war and killing in defense of myself. End quote. Imagine replacing the word Jew with black in that sentence. What do you think would happen? Forget about losing your job. Your life would be over. You'd be called the second coming of Derek Chauvin. You'd never find work again. People would dox you. A mob would be outside your house. And your life would be under threat. You know what happened to Kamua Bob? He was reassigned from his diversity chair position, but still keeps his job at Google to focus on, quote, STEM work going forward, end quote. Remember, this is Google, the same company that fired James Damore for essentially regurgitating psychological literature on gender differences. And we see more and more of this sort of sentiment on the progressive left. A woman by the name of Judith Butler, a so-called respected gender studies professor, which if you ask me is an oxymoron. She famously described Hamas and Hezbollah as being, quote, social movements that are progressive, that are on the left, that are part of the global left, end quote. And again, the left-wing media outlets who, who jump on every fake hate crime had relatively little to say about these anti-Semitic remarks or assaults. Let's remember, this is the same media who feverishly covered the Justice Smollett and Bubba Wallace fake hate crime hoaxes 
and are apparently skilled at detecting every fake racist Nazi symbol, like that Mexican-American SCGE worker accused of throwing a uh, white supremacist sign when he was just cracking his knuckles. It's like the OK sign, apparently. They accused Trump advisor Stephen Miller, a Jew from Santa Monica, of making a white supremacy hand sign when he was buttoning his shirt. But evidently, the U.S. media institutions don't really care to cover stories unless they can fit it into some sort of disgusting white supremacy narrative of evil white man or cop perpetrating violence against black man. This is why our corrupt media had little interest in covering the explosion of anti-Asian attacks of late, where the perpetrators of said attacks were virtually all, as they say, people of color. And speaking of people of color, it's not like the media exactly care for them either. There were nearly 8,000 black-on-black homicides in 2020. Many of them were children. And I guarantee you, 99% of the people watching or listening to this right now couldn't name a single one. Where's Al Sharpton for that? Where are the civil rights leaders for them? They never show up at their funerals. In the case of anti-Semitic assault, when the New York Times finally did cover them after two weeks of silence, they opened with the ludicrous headline of, quote, attacks on the U.S. Jews are a gift to the right, end quote. As if that was the main problem. Not that Jews have to feel unsafe in their own country, a country that's traditionally been the most tolerant place in world history for the Jewish people. No, the main problem is that it's a gift to the right. For their part, Jeff Bezos' little minions at the Washington Post ran op-eds arguing that justice and the Jewish homeland can't coexist. While the Union of the New Yorker tweeted out that genocidal phrase urging solidarity with Palestinians from the river to the sea. In regards to social media, the ADL found 17,000 tweets which used variations of the phrase, quote, Hitler was right in just one week. Likewise, anti-Semitism has ferociously spread across Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Intellectual scholars like Bella Hadid use her social media platform to echo the from the river to sea line on her Instagram. And if there's one thing she knows, let me tell you, it's oppression. Coming from a daddy who breaks laws and violates people's property rights to build $58 million mansions. So we can't be surprised that anti-Semitism is no longer confined to the fringes of society, but instead has leaked into the mainstream. This is a problem, a real problem, because the thing about anti-Semitism is that it tends to grow and grow until Jews are finally forced to immigrate. That's why, by the way, most Jews live where they live today, because they themselves or their family members were forced to flee their previous homeland because it became no longer safe for Jews. Now, traditionally, it was places like Islamic nations or Central or Eastern European nations, which persecuted Jews and killed them en masse and forced them to flee. Today, though, even countries like France have become unsafe for Jews. 10% of French Jews have immigrated to Israel alone since the year 2000. Now, there was a time where many of those people would have probably immigrated to New York. 
that's not happening as much anymore. And this unfortunate pattern demonstrates why those darn Jews are so intent on preserving their sovereignty and their nation. So, you know, it's time that we all start talking about anti-Semitism, taking it seriously. Never again was supposed to be never again. And it's time we don't excuse anti-Semitism anymore just because it's coming from some non-binary BLM activist rather than a skinhead with a red armband. In fact, it's often those BLM activists who call everything racist when 99% of the time it's not and complain nonstop about how the USA is worse than Nazi Germany. It's often those people who are the biggest racists themselves and have contributed greatly to the anti-Semitic discourse we see today. Bigotry is unacceptable, whether it's against white Christians or Jews or Asians or blacks. And it's about damn time we all said it. And it's about time that we start to push back against those who want to inflame tribal divisions and take us back to the horrors of the violence we saw in previous centuries. Enough is enough. We said never again. Let's make sure we keep that promise. If you enjoyed our show, please click subscribe to stay up to date with our YouTube channel and podcasts, and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can keep delivering guys some great content. Thanks again, and we will be back next week. Oh, man. And probably sex robots. We stand for a free and open debate and exchange of ideas. And if you disagree with anything we talk about, you are a racist and no better than Hitler. What? Let's get started.